0: I'm Ron
1: Idles. As a kid, all I ever wanted to be was a detective. I ended up spending 42 years in Victoria Police, 25 years in the Homicide Squad. I investigated more than 320 murders and solved most of them. Every murder victim deserves a voice and it was my job to be that voice. Now I'm taking you step by step through my most challenging cases to show you how we track down the killers. This is Homicide. This time on Homicide. People go missing every day. Those cases are some of the toughest that you deal with.
0: She's got one child. She is increasingly desperate to find him.
2: Every morning, I allowed myself half an hour to cry.
0: His case fell through the cracks.
1: I don't even have a crime scene.
2: That was the one that really hit home. He wasn't here.
1: Cold, callous, calculating.
2: I could not believe it.
1: All of a sudden it went like that. I think I've got him.
0: Gary Adams, part one.
1: In 2010, I was speaking at a function at the Box Hill RSL. Over my career, I've done a lot of uh, public speaking and I was talking uh, about homicide investigations and it was a fundraiser for one of the local charities. At the end of the talk, a woman by the name of Joanne Adams approached me and expressed concern about her missing boy. I'm Gary Adams' mother. Joanne Adams. Joanne explained to me that uh, Gary had been now missing for eight years. 2003. She told me that it took eight months to get him reported. In 2004. There'd been no consistency or continuity in the investigation. Cranberry Every cranberry. time she rang, there was a new investigator involved. She was uh, quite upset. So I said to her, look, to be honest, I don't know anything about the case that you're talking about, but I can give you a guarantee that I will go to the office tomorrow, I will find the file, and then once I find the file, I'll ring you.
2: True to his word, he was on the phone to me the next morning. We ran through the file a little bit, And then things just started evolving. I'm Joanne Adams, Gary Adams' mum. Gary was very cheeky. He loved being around family. He'd make sure that he'd tell all of them that he loved them and everything like that. So he was a loving, caring boy. Gary had learning problems. He was classed as having a low IQ. So school sometimes is not for everybody. So he'd spend a lot of time outside on his bike, skateboard. So yeah, very active young man.
1: Gary Adams was 17 at the time that he disappeared in December 2003. Gary was living with his mum, Joanne, and stepdad, John, ex And John was working as a mechanic at that stage and Joanne ran a printing business. Gary was given, I guess, some lead way. He could come and go as he pleased. It was a happy family home.
2: Gary and John got on really, really well. They would always be in the shed and And Gary learnt a lot from him. When Gary was getting into that age bracket where he was about to start shaving and that, I'd walk up the passageway and the two of them would be standing in their jocks in the bathroom. And he'd be teaching Gary how to shave. The right way to bring your razor down and things like that. John was very nurturing and very caring and was always trying to teach Gary things. So John became a very big influence on Gary.
1: Now, I didn't know whether Gary was suspected to be deceased or not or he'd walked away of his own accord. My role as a lead investigator in 2010 was to review the file. And John said that on the 5th of December 2003 uh, he was home, he was cooking a meal. Uh, Gary came home. They'd had a conversation. He gave Gary the keys to go out to the garage. Gary then fixed the chain on his bike. And a short time later Gary was gone. Joanne had made a statement also to say that she arrived home at around 6 o'clock. She noted that Gary's skateboard was uh, outside but his helmet wasn't there. She had a conversation uh, with John and John said, no, Um, he came home uh, and he left. Gary often visited and stayed over at night sometimes several nights at a house in Frankston. So over the next couple of days, Joanne has a look around the house. She goes into Gary's bedroom and, much to her surprise, Gary's backpack is there and she thinks, Gary never goes anywhere without his backpack and there's half a packet of potato chips that have been left there as if all of a sudden Gary's got up and he's just gone somewhere. So she starts to get a little bit suspicious. She makes phone calls to Gary's friends. No-one's seen him. She rings his mobile phone many, many times, but there's no answer. So she's starting to become alarmed And then John and her drive around uh, looking for Gary. And eventually she goes to the police station.
2: So when I walked into the Cranbourne police, they said, they wanted a bit of a rundown on Gary. The moment I said seven, you could see the shutters starting to come down because of Gary's age. Then when I said, he's allowed to go to his friends during the week, he just has to let us know where he is. the shutters had come down that little bit more. And when I said, well, there's something wrong, they go, well, no, not really, he's just 17. He's just off doing what 17-year-olds do.
1: So Joanne is concerned a little bit, but John, the stepdad, allays those fears. He goes with Joanne to buy Christmas presents for Gary on the anticipation that Gary's going to come back at Christmas time,
2: Gary wouldn't have missed out on that. He was somebody that had to know what was going on in the family. He was Mr Stickyback. He needed to know if somebody's birthday, what they got for their birthday, because he just loved family. The first Christmas, that was the biggest one that. They're really like Christmas. And he wasn't here.
3: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. To find out if it's right for you.
1: So the sad part is it took Joanne eight months to get Gary reported, August 2004, and then eventually uh, the missing persons unit became involved in October 2004.
3: Every day, Cranbourne mum Joanne Adams prays to hear from her 18-year-old son Gary, who disappeared nine months ago. The very first
2: media appeal I did was in 2004 and it was at the missing person's seat in Carlton Gardens. The days are easy, the nights are hard. Pardon me, That's all right, take your time. Yeah, um, just, he doesn't have to come home. Just one simple phone call.
0: I'm Andrew Rule. I'm an associate editor of the Herald Sun newspaper, and I've been writing about true crime for more than 40 years. Joanne Adams has come across in all the coverage of this as a deeply concerned mother. She's got one child, this one boy, that is the love of her life really. And she is increasingly desperate to find him. Only parents of the missing can understand how deeply distressing that is. The anguish is the worst thing. And I have to say in all these decades of covering crime and covering human affairs, I've found the most grueling cases are those of the parents of missing children.
2: While Gary was missing every year, I would celebrate his his birthdays, Christmas, Um, I'd make a cake every year, light it, blow out a candle, but every morning I allowed myself half an hour to cry in shower and that evening as well.
1: The issue with Gary is, I would say, that his case fell through the cracks. There was decisions made at executive level to close the missing persons unit down and to pass those investigations on to current homicide members. Now, there was a problem with that because the general homicide squad are dealing with up to 60 homicides a year So what happens is the poor Gary Adams file gets put on the back burner, no-one looks at it and there's no continuity. Here's a mother who's searched for answers for eight years, trying to work out what's actually happened to Gary. And it wasn't until 2010 when Joanne approached me that we were able to pull the file out and review it. It was eight years on. The trial was cold. I don't even have a crime scene. So in these circumstances, it's about going back to the start. So Gary spoke with a lisp. He had a learning difficulty. Uh, He went to a special needs school. He didn't go to school every day. The sense that I got, he was quiet. He was placid. Not someone easily to be riled or to get upset. He was just a very quiet young lad. Joan explained to me that Gary often visited and stayed over at night, sometimes several nights, at a house in Frankston. That house was frequented by um, young people who were often involved with drugs. And when I'm talking about drugs, I'm talking lower level smoking uh, marijuana, smoking bongs and stuff like that. From what I know about Gary, um, I would say that Gary wasn't involved. He just wasn't that sort of kid. Yeah. He was happy just to be there and have friends. No hey, God, Did you hear that, Gary? The investigator in 2008 had a very, very strong view that a backpacker who was at that house was involved. We then went and re interviewed some of the people at the house in Frankston. Yeah. Did you hear about that? That's what he said. But I couldn't establish that anyone from that house were anyway uh, involved. Yeah, mate, no I think you've got to let the facts speak for themselves. Gary never went anywhere without his backpack. His backpack was there. Half eaten packet of chips. And at some stage, Joanne found Gary's keys on top of the fridge. Gary wouldn't go out without his backpack or without his keys. So then you, I guess, speculate to accumulate. Maybe something's happened in this house. So then it's about what direction do you take and it's about how you eliminate those possibilities. Well, the first point that uh, often look in missing persons is uh, within the home unit or the person that's reported them, or the last person that's seen them alive. In this case the reporting person is Joanne, so you would look there. Who is the last person to see them alive? The stepfather John, so ultimately uh, you would look there.
2: John and I met at work. I was working at uh, General Motors doing the logistics. He was a cherry picker operator.
1: Joanne and John had been living together for some time. There'd been some, I guess, fractures in the relationship and they actually separated before Gary went missing. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, they stayed in the same home. They were separated, but they had a harmonious relationship and continued on, but they weren't together. I think the biggest issue was really around the connection between John and Gary. It was over discipline and it was over some of the things that Gary was doing. So John the stepdad came from Greek heritage. Uh, He had a strong uh, view around uh, discipline Uh, and at times I think trying to discipline someone else's child caused uh, John um, some issues. John didn't like the music that Gary played. Gary 17, he's playing hip hop or some sort of music that doesn't appeal to him. But then when you look at John's demeanour through all this, he was always supportive of Joanne and there was nothing uh, to indicate that he would ever be involved. Up until that time he'd made two statements. He'd never been formally interviewed as a suspect. So John was home at 6 o'clock cooking dinner when Joanne arrived home and he didn't go out on that Friday night. On the Saturday, he covered off in his statement that he was out most of the day. He was helping a friend uh, build a garage. From 8 o'clock in the morning till about 6 at night, John's accounted for that whole day. So we went back and spoke to those people who made the statements. And what happens is, well, no, John wasn't here for four hours. I think he was only here for an hour and a half. John came across as a caring stepfather. But what I discovered, he was lying about his movements on the Saturday. Then I thought to myself, what else is he lying about?
0: Next time on Homicide... I want you to tell me what happened that night.
3: For years, Joanne Adams hoped her son would come
2: home. When Ron called me, I could not believe it.
1: We dug up uh, along the side of the garage. Ron was totally determined to see this through.
3: After years of mystery, the arrest, discovery, and charges came swiftly.
1: I moved my chair over, put my arm around him. I think I've got him.